0: Hello again everyone, welcome to the Red and White Authority, this is episode 44, I'm Art Regner and uh, we have a very special uh, episode today as we preview the Great Lakes Invitational Hockey Tournament, uh, the oldest uh, hockey tournament in the United States, uh, college hockey tournament that is, at uh, Little Caesars Arena for the first time on January 1st and 2nd, Uh, Michigan State and Michigan Tech, the host school, the uh, Huskies, uh, will uh, face off at 2:30 on New Year's Day. Followed by Bowling Green in Michigan at 6 o'clock, and then on the second, the consolation game at 2:30, and the championship game at 6 o'clock. So we're talking to two of the head coaches that will be coaching in the GLI this year: Mel Pearson from the University of Michigan and uh, Danton Cole from Michigan State. And we begin with uh, Mel Pearson from uh, from Michigan and uh, let's bring mel in mel thanks for joining us really appreciate you uh having the time to join us on the red and white authority
1: well thanks art it's it's a pleasure to be with you and it's uh it's always fun to talk about the glis uh i think this will be my 40th GLI, so i I always get excited about the tournament and, and this time of year
0: well let's uh let's go back uh You were a player, obviously, for Michigan State. John McGinnis, who the McGinnis uh, Cup is named after, uh, what the champion gets in the GLI, was your coach. Uh, It's kind of weird, that whole full circle thing, the way things go, is because McGinnis was a player at Michigan. When you were choosing between colleges that came down to Michigan and Michigan Tech, you uh, really... Fell in love, I guess, you know, and I guess that's not too strong with, with the Michigan Tech campus and Coach McGinnis. You play four years for Michigan Tech. You win the GLI for four years. You score a game-winning goal against Michigan in the GLI for, uh, 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 you know, in triple overtime. I mean, I would imagine that this tournament, the GLI, must hold special significance on a personal level for you.
1: Well, it does art, and uh, you're right. And uh, I, John McGinnis, was one of the founding fathers of the GLI. I, I know that him and uh, a few other people decided to uh, showcase college hockey and try to, you know, get more more uh, American players in the college game, and to try to spread the word. And that's really why the GLI was formed. But yeah, I had the opportunity to play for John at Michigan Tech, and uh, at the time, Michigan Tech had, during my recruiting process, they had been in three of the three straight uh, final games in the NCAA tournament, so Tech was uh, really on the upswing at that point, and and I uh, really enjoyed John and uh, decided to commit to Michigan Tech and, and went up there, and, and obviously you got a chance of playing the, the GLI with Michigan Tech, and we did win it all four years, and that's something that was uh, very special back in the day, and I really enjoyed it, and we had some great games with Michigan uh and you're right the, the one night we went into triple overtime and after the game we, we all decided to go out and try and find something to eat but uh, because we went three overtimes the game was so long we couldn't find anything we had to, a bunch of college kids had to order room service at the, the Renaissance Center there and you know we, we didn't have a lot of money back then but we had to pay like twenty dollars for a hamburger for the room service so uh, the things you remember about the tournament it's a very special tournament. I think it's, uh, without doubt, the best college hockey tournament in North America, and uh, it's been really a, a springboard for a, for a lot of Michigan players that have come down to watch the tournament and then go on to play college hockey.
0: Well, I, what I find real interesting about it, and what we've always heard throughout the years, whether it was at Olympia, and I know one year it was the outdoor Comerica Park, or Joe Louis Arena, or Little Caesars Arena, it gives these uh, young men, these college players, the opportunity to play in an NHL arena, in, in rink, uh, so, and I, I guess it can't be overemphasized that when a young man skates on, whether it was Joe Louis Arena or this coming uh, uh, Monday on New Year's Day, uh, Little Caesars Arena, it must be something that they. Uh, uh, I mean, can you can you tie him down a little bit there, Mel, before the Wolverines take the ice? <laughs> you know, and say, hey, this is cool, but you know we've got a game to play.
1: Well, no question. I mean, even when back then when I played, my first experience was at the Olympia. And, and you you walk in there and, and you know, and the, the players, you know, Gordie Howe and the Names and Del Vecchio and, you know, Sawchuck, you go, you know, I'm aging myself a little bit, but there's no <laughs> question. You walk in and you see the banners and, you know, the home of the Detroit Red Wings and then, you know, I transitioned over to Joe Louis Arena, and, uh, you know, that was a brand-new building, NHL building, and just, you know, when the Eisermans and some people were coming along. It, 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 no doubt about it, these players really look forward to having the opportunity to play in a National Hockey League building and just get a feel, a taste, uh, you know, a smell of, of what it's like and uh, to go in these buildings. And again, now here we are on our, our third building or my third building at Middle Caesar Arena. And I know some of our players have been down there, have seen it already. But until you get down there on the ice level and on the ice... Uh, you know you don't know what it's going to be like and I think it's going to be very special for all the players this year that get the opportunity to, to play in this year's GLI tournament.
0: Now Mel I know that you've been uh, at, at little Caesar's arena and uh, uh, you, you know and I, I am kind of curious have you gone down onto the ice have you seen how it is designed to be a loud building uh, and uh, your impressions of little Caesar's arena
1: well, yeah, you, know, you know, first and foremost, it's an incredible building. I I think it it will be the benchmark for for new NHL buildings. You know, I, I think you had Pittsburgh not too long ago, and Edmonton's very nice. But when you walk in the little season arena, that, that's the building. So you'll see the copycats anytime a, a new building's built. It's incredible. I mean, they. They really did a fantastic job, and they did a thorough job of, of, you know, designing it, and then picking out every little thing that they wanted in that building. But yeah, it's it's incredible, and it's uh, like I said, it's going to be uh, an honor for our players and our team to have an opportunity to play down there, and and the other. Thing about it too is it's nice. The GLI is affordable, so for, you know if you want to bring a family down and, and and get tickets, that's one beauty of that is you get a chance to come down to Little Caesars Arena. And you know I know the Red Wings are a little more expensive, but the GLI's got a great ticket price and and you'll see you know future uh, NHL draft draft players or future NHL players, just like whether it's Dylan Larkin or Justin Abdicator or Danny DeKaiser, you go down the list of Red Wings who've had the opportunity to play in the GLI.
0: You know something, Mel, you you know, you are so uh uh, you, you are such a great ambassador for the game because you named a Michigan player, a Michigan State player, and a Western <laughs> Michigan player. Because you, know? you could go on and on about the Wolverines because there are certainly, especially on your current roster, many uh, NHL uh, draft picks. Uh, uh, the, the GLI uh, certainly is, is a springboard uh, to the second half of the season. Uh, looking at the Wolverines this year, uh, you started off rather, uh, uh, rather quickly. And uh, right now, uh, you know, you you know, the record's not bad. It, you know, it's uh, it's right around 500. Uh, the uh, uh, the Wolverines are seven, seven, and two overall, three, five, two, and one in the Big Ten. How would you uh, uh, you know kind of assess your first year behind the bench um, um, as the Wolverines head coach? Yeah, it, it's
1: been good, Hart. It's it's been a, like, a, like a, a great opportunity to come back and. I had 23 years here at Michigan, and uh, a, a lot of, a lot of those were great years. And uh, you know, our team this year is uh, we're inconsistent. I think that's the best way to describe it. You know, some nights were we're very good. Uh, you know, we had a you know real good series with Penn State at Penn State, and you know could have won both games there. We came home with against Minnesota, highly ranked team, group you know skilled team. You know, we beat them and tied them. So there have been some real high points during the season but but then again we've been inconsistent i think that's the key we we like where we're positioned going into the second half you know there's you got notre dame at the at the top and then everybody else is is within reach of each other so uh, and you're right we do use this tournament as a springboard for the second half we think it's 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 important that we have a good tournament to help us get ready and and help us, uh, you know, like I said, to, to get us going to, for the second half of the season, which we feel very good about. And, and again, we like where we're positioned, and there's a lot of growth uh, uh, that we still can make with this team. And I think that's the other positive. We haven't played our best hockey yet. And uh, we're excited about the second half, and we're excited about uh, continuing to get better and move up in the standings.
0: Well, when I look at at, at Michigan, or actually Big Ten, the Big Ten Hockey Conference, Notre Dame joined this year. Uh, I know talking to Jeff Jackson, the head coach at Notre Dame, uh, years ago, he was under the impression that Notre Dame was going to join the Big Ten in hockey uh, soon, or that if there was ever a Big Ten conference, he always uh, envisioned the Irish. Uh, adding a school like Notre Dame, do you think the conference is going to grow? Uh, can you give us any inside information? Will there be other Big Ten schools? Because there's six of them now that play Division I hockey. Notre Dame, uh, obviously, which I believe should be in the Big Ten period, but uh, that's for another day. Uh, but uh, will do you see adding Notre Dame, obviously good for Big Ten hockey, but overall, do you think the sport will start to grow within the conference?
1: Well, I think it will, Art. And, and uh, I don't know if you're aware, but the NHL and the University of Illinois uh, are doing a, a feasibility study right now, just to see if it—you know—what it would take to get Illinois uh, up and running as, as a Division One program, similar to what Penn State did and similar to what Arizona State has done. So, uh, I think there's a school that's seriously looking at it. I know when. Nebraska built their new uh, building out there, uh, their new arena. Uh, they put in the capability, uh, you know, with the the ice uh, ice plant in it. So, if they ever decided to have Division One hockey, that they're they're capable of doing that. I I always said Northwestern would be a a fantastic spot, especially with the. The, the explosion of youth hockey and, and with the Black Hawk success, I think that would be a, a great spot. So I think you. I, I don't have any real inside knowledge. There's a lot of talk about some of these places, but I definitely think you'll see expansion of college hockey, whether it's in you know five years, you know ten years, you know wherever that might be. I think there's some great opportunities there uh, for some of these schools that big Big Ten hockey.
0: Well, you know, you're reading my mind because for years when he was commissioner of the CCHA, Tom Anastas, I would always say the one school that seems to make the most sense, and I can't believe they don't have a Division One program because they have a lot of, you know, big-time alums, uh, alumnus there, is, uh, is Northwestern, uh, simply because all the Ivy League schools are pretty much Division One hockey, and you would think that hockey would be a sport that a school like Northwestern would gravitate to, but uh, uh, for whatever reason, I guess... Hopefully, I mean, Illinois is fine, but, you know, Northwestern, that Chicago base, I think it would be incredible if the Wildcats could find a way to uh, uh, to get a hockey program rolling.
1: No question. It would it, be a no-brainer. And I think they would draw well. I think you would see the excitement. I think, uh, you know, like I said, there's so many players that come out of Chicago. Chicago's got some of the best youth hockey mm-hmm. programs in North America. And continue to produce, uh, you know, really good Division One players. So, uh, can you imagine, uh, you know, like I said, Northwestern getting a team? I don't know <laughs> if the rest of us would be happy about it, but but I, I think it'd be a no-brainer. And part of it is obviously, you know, financial, and then the other part is gender equity this day and age. And you know, there's some hurdles that they would have to clear, but uh, I, I think it's going to happen. I, I really do. I just think at some point that. Uh, they'll find the right people that can come in to support the program and get that off and running. Uh,
0: you said that the GLI formed by one of your the founding fathers was John McGinnis, the head coach at Michigan Tech, uh, Tech was to advance hockey in the United States. Mm-hmm. Well, there has been a hockey explosion. You just said Arizona State is a Division One hockey program. Uh, the evolution of the game in the United States, which is important for hockey, um, from where you began as a player to where it is today, Mal. Could you ever envision the growth spurt that this sport has had in in the United States? You
1: know what? Uh, that, that's a great question, and, and probably not. You know, it, it's you know. Uh, as we watch the World Junior Tournament that is going to unfold here in the next few days, you know, the Americans are favored to win again, you know, and that's that's been Canada's tournament forever and, uh, you know, there's some top European teams, but uh, and I believe there's 19 U.S. college players on that team and from a lot of different colleges, yeah, Penn State didn't really, you know, they didn't have a Division 1 program six years ago and you know, they made the NCAA tournament last year, and Quinnipiac was at a Frozen Four out east, and, and I'd never heard of Quinnipiac, but here's a team that's you know getting to the Frozen Four. So there's no doubt about it. I mean, it, it's exploded, and then part of that growth is due to uh, you know the expansion of NHL teams into places like Dallas and into Phoenix and into Southern California. That. Uh, you know once those pro teams got there you you saw the the amateur hockey really take off and even in Colorado with with the avalanche so uh, no doubt about it and I think it's only going to continue to grow and and, and get better we're finding more and more players when I was in Michigan when I first got to Michigan I think our team was half and half Canadian and uh, American players And, and now we've only got three Canadians out of 28 players on our team art so I think that in itself is just a testament to the growth of the U.S. hockey uh, game and the number of players that we have coming up through the ranks.
0: How much did the uh, development program in Ann Arbor and now in Plymouth, USA Hockey, uh, the under-17, under-18 team, uh, I know talking again to Jeff Jackson uh, when he was the head coach, the first head coach of the development program, he said that eventually – he, their goal was to have the U.S. Uh, uh, Olympic hockey team uh, be all graduates of that program, shall we say, and that there would be an American style. Uh, you know, obviously, with the program for many years being when you were at Michigan, being right in your backyard. Uh, uh, I guess it was essential to get that program started. I know it was rocky there in the beginning, but right now uh, I think they're seeing the fruits of, uh, of the labor, shall we say, uh, in USA Hockey because the development program has turned out some, some high-end talent. Well, they have
1: and, and Dylan Larkin is a uh, you know prime example of that the place where the red wings and uh, we have a number of players uh, initially I think we've had more development players than any other program come to the university of michigan so uh, i guess we benefit from that program as much as anybody but there's no question what it's done is is help to set the seed for the world junior tournament which you know the us team has done exceptionally well uh, the last few years, and, and most of the players on that team come out of that program, and, and obviously that oh, a number of those players will go on to play in the National Hockey League, and and from there, obviously, become Olympians. So there's there's no no doubt about it. That That's one of the reasons why college hockey and uh, and U.S. hockey is is really grown, and and that's the beauty uh, again of a, a thing like the GLI, and that's why it was started to, to again put more emphasis on, on Americans and uh, U.S. hockey and college hockey, and, and the GLI is maybe, you know, was one of those programs way back at the start that that helped start this whole explosion.
0: Well, when you, you brought up the uh, World Junior Tournament that's being played in Buffalo from the 26th of December through January 5th, and as usual, this is something that uh, Michigan is used to <clears throat> this time of year. Uh, some of your better young players... Uh, because you have to be 20 and under to to play in the World Juniors, uh, uh, represent their country, whether it be uh, uh, if, if you know Carl Hagelin or something maybe represented Sweden, I can't remember. Or but you have three players right now, uh, defenseman freshman defenseman Quinn Hughes, who's. Uh, Uh, an uh, all-class, world-class talent, sophomore forward Will Lockwood, and freshman forward Josh Norris, who was drafted uh, by the uh, uh, San Jose Sharks in the first round last year, are all gone representing Team USA. Uh, I would say that most teams would maybe not be able to absorb losing three high-end players, yet... This happens virtually every year to Michigan this time of year. Uh, You do lose some players, yet uh, the Wolverines seem to maintain simply because they've won the most GLI titles with 17.
1: Well, no question. And uh, I I think one year, the most that uh, I was an assistant here for 23 years, I think one year we had five guys uh, gone between the uh, Canadian team and the U.S. team, and uh, we were fortunate to be able to win the GLI. And that's what we told our team this year. You know, Our staff fully expects our team to uh, be the GLA champions, and that's, that's we have the players to do that, we have the players in our locker room, even though we're, we're missing three outstanding players and young men that are very important to our team, but it gives the uh, the other players in our locker room an opportunity to step up and maybe play in some roles that they, they haven't had the opportunity to, but no question, we're, we're used to this every year, I remember one year we had uh uh donnie stone was here and donnie stone was oh, wow. a detroit kid and uh he had to play defense uh i think donnie and another forward we had to move back on defense and uh somehow we got through it and we won we won it that year too so yeah it, it's not unfamiliar to us here at michigan uh, those are the type of players we recruit and we'll continue to recruit high-end players that will have the opportunity to represent their country in the world junior tournament We're we're happy for those guys and excited and uh uh, I told them I, uh, as much as I miss them, I'm glad I'm not going to see their faces for a couple weeks, but we <laughs> wish those guys all the best. But yeah, it's a, and that's what makes this tournament you know, special and unique. You never know who, what you're going to have, uh, especially at Michigan here. And uh, we'll just make the best of it and uh, look forward to uh, playing some solid hockey down at uh, Little Caesars Arena.
0: Well one uh, uh, aspect of uh, Michigan's game that you do have intact is the incredible DMC line of Dexter dance, uh, uh, Brighton Native Cooper Marody and uh, uh, Trenton native Tony Calderone, a uh, couple of seniors, a couple of uh, uh, sophomores, I guess uh, uh, you know they've accounted for 55 of, the, of your team's 142 total points. Uh, uh, Marody, uh, uh, Marody's 24 points is tied for six nationally. Uh, in, in points in, the, in, in college hockey, 20, is 20 assists is second, Calderon's 13 goals is tied for fourth. I mean, this is a, uh, is a super line, uh, and if you're going to be successful, and I think that Red Wing fans can attest to this, you need, you need a line that's, that's going virtually each and every game, and, and it appears that these young men have, uh, have found the mojo, so to speak.
1: Well, they have, and uh, you know, two seniors and one junior, Cooper being the junior, and they've been fantastic right from day one. And uh, we talked about you know separating the line to try to get some other lines going, but uh, when you have something like like they do, uh, you can't take it apart. They, they've been tremendous for us. Uh, I mean, I can't think of one game, maybe other than one, maybe our last game where where they weren't on and uh, didn't have a great performance. But I, I'm I'm really happy for them all and uh, Dexter being a senior he's to get one goal his junior year he's already up to five or six now and obviously Cooper has surpassed I believe his point totals from last year already and Tony I think had 16 goals last year and he's either 13 or 14 this year so they're all having their best year and especially the seniors as that's what we expect here at Michigan our seniors will have their best year during their last campaign and uh, yeah it's, it's it's they've been fantastic and uh, one of the things we're going to need and going forward is is some secondary scoring and some some other people chipping in because there are going to be games where they're going to get shut down and that and and we need somebody else to pick up the slack. But they've carried us uh, this far, out and they've been they're fun to watch. I mean, they're worth the price of admission. That line, they're, they're exciting. They create offense. They've helped our team to I think we're 11th or 12th nationally in in scoring offense. And then they, they've been the reason why.
0: When uh, how difficult is it? Because obviously Michigan recruits high end talent, uh, especially skaters. Uh, you, uh, uh, you you know just look at uh, the NHL rosters uh, across the league, and there's virtually Michigan players almost on every team. Uh, how difficult is it for you when you do recruit a high end freshman? And uh, and you tell them, look, you you know, and some of them, like Dylan Larkin or uh, Connor uh, up in Edmonton, I mean, you know, they they break through, they play very, very well, but to let them know that their time is coming, because I I would imagine, especially a college coach, once they get to this new level, and it's a whole different experience, and maybe they're, well, most hockey players are probably away from home before they get to college anyway, but, you know, to, to let them know that there is a process here that you're, A great player, and your time will come. Is is it difficult sometimes for you to to convince a a young man of that?
1: Well, it is, and you know when we don't want to stand in the way of their dreams of playing at the highest level and playing in the National Hockey League, which uh, you know is a great experience and it can be a great lifestyle. And the the biggest thing with us is we just want to try to help them understand. Uh, everything that goes along with it, you know, it's it's just because you sign a contract doesn't mean you're going to be in the NHL, you know. And Kyle Connor, who's a great player, right. dealt with some of that last year, being up and down, uh, you know, between you know Winnipeg and uh, and the farm team in the American Hockey League. And this year, he's made a tremendous uh, leap, and he's got 11 goals now, and they're having a great career. But we just want to, we're we're here as a resource for them to try to help them understand. What it takes to to compete at the next level and and to have success there and and to stay there. You just don't want to be up there and then down. But uh, yeah, we've we've got as many players as anybody playing in the National Hockey League this year, and we have been for a number of years. and And we're 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 thrilled and we're excited about those guys that go on and play at the highest level. But you're right we we just had we just want to make sure that they're ready. And you know whether it's a Max Pacioretty who we had years ago here is now the captain of Montreal was a. Uh, you know, one and done player, and but he was ready for it. He was ready for it. But there's been a number of players that need that, you know, extra years. Like Zach Hyman, who is a really good player in Toronto, plays with Austin Matthews most nights. You know, Zach, if you look at his numbers, his first two years at Michigan, he was not ready, right? You know, to play play <laughs> anywhere other than come back and finish his last two years at Michigan, and he did, and and he's become uh, quite a player. You know, one one player that everybody would like on their team. So everybody develops at a different rate, Art. I think that's the biggest thing. If people get hung up on, well, he did it, or he played one year and done, but everybody develops at a a different rate. And and like Mike Babcock, I'll never forget when he was here in Detroit and he spoke to our team and he said, I'm not interested in some young hotshot rookie. I'm interested in winning Stanley Cups, and we need players that are over-ready. Uh, you know, not just ready, but over ready. And that's always stuck with me, and I think that holds true. And that's what we try to tell our players here, is you want to be over ready when you get to the next level.
0: Yeah, I have a quick Max uh, Patch Ready story for you. I covered the CCHA <laughs> C- for a number of years, as you know, uh, uh, televised games for, for Comcast. And obviously, it was Max's only year. And uh, I was standing behind the Michigan net where the Wolverines come out on the ice at Yost. And uh, I was uh, uh, with one of the, uh, the attendants uh, uh, at, at Yost. And uh, Pat Turetti took the puck in his own zone, went over, uh, skated over the opposition's blue line, and fired the puck. And I was watching. I had a great angle on it. And... You could tell that that was an NHL shot right then and there. And I looked at him and I said, unfortunately, I don't think this young man's going to stay at Michigan very long. And, you know, it turned out that way. Just incredible. But as you said, and I think maybe that was a learning process. And talking, obviously, to Red Berenson is that Red always wanted, and I'm sure you do, too, and all college coaches would like to see their young men uh, stay there for – uh, for four years, get their degree, and then go on to uh, you know, uh, to the big show, so to speak. But sometimes it's tough to keep talent down. And uh, has that been an adjustment where you know that some of these fellows I'm going to get may only be here a year or two?
1: No question. I think that's one thing that happened uh, two years ago here at Michigan. We had a, a great team, and uh, that team had uh, five underclassmen sign early and leave. And and so last year was a tough year for us here at Michigan, and we're still transitioning this year from that. But, uh, you know, and, and all five of those guys, Tyler Mott up front, obviously Kyle Connor, and then JT Comfort, three forwards, uh obviously have all played in the National Hockey League and, and, and done well. And the defensive was Zach Wierinski, and we know how how good Zach is, and, uh, you know, was a pro rookie of the year last year. So, um, you know it, it caught us and and you, but that that's a hard part you don't know when guys are going to leave and it's sometimes affects your recruiting and you know where you're at in that process but you're right it's hard to keep talent down and uh, you know you're like again I said you never want to stand in someone's way especially if they're going to go and, and step right in and play in the national hockey league National Hockey League, going to be an impact player, but you know we see it all over. Boo Nieves, who's playing for the New York Rangers against the Red Wings tomorrow night. You know, Boo was a four-year guy, and then you'll see on on uh, the thirty-first, Carl Hagelin was a four-year guy here at Michigan for Pittsburgh. He's uh, won, I believe, three Stanley Cups now. And Matt Hunwick, uh, on a defenseman, he's he's on that Pittsburgh TV he state here four years. So you never know. Like I said, everybody develops at a different rate. And when you're ready, and your time comes, as Coach Berenson always said, we'll, we'll drive to the airport. So, uh, but we're in the business of you know, in education, and we want to see our players. Even if they do leave early, we try to encourage them to come back and, and finish their degrees. And we have a great program here at Michigan for that. But uh, at the same time, we always want to uh, support them in, in, like I said, living their dream of playing at the highest level, National Hockey League.
0: Uh, I, I want to go back and focus in on, uh, on your first-round game against uh, the Bowling Green Falcons, yeah. the first non-Michigan team that has played uh, in the GLI since 2011. But before we do that, and, uh, one of the things, and, and I, I do not like to, and I think a lot of people in my business do not like to talk or criticize college athletes. You know, They're in school, they're young men. Uh, goaltending this year, for the Wolverines has been, I would say, an adventure. Uh, you know, uh, again, you talked about inconsistency um, with, uh, and I think with 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 Hayden. Is it Lavange? L- Levine. 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 Oh wow, yeah. Levine. That's I- I'm making it way too complicated here. Yes, you
1: are.
0: Levine. And, <laughs> Levine yeah,
1: Levine and, and La Fontaine are two goalies. And- yeah, they're, they're only sophomores this year, so they were young players last year here at Michigan and uh, had, had, had decent years as freshmen, but uh, uh, this year they've been called upon to, to step up and play, and, and we're still waiting for one of them to, uh, to take the net, so to speak, to be the guy, and and they've both been good, really good some nights, and they've both been so-so uh, some nights, and then they're just like our team and, and inconsistent, and until we get more consistent with our goaltending and uh, and helping them at, at back there, then uh, we're going to continue to have our struggles from night to night. But both are very capable of of winning a game, of being shut out. Michigan State here. Uh, Uh, I guess one of our last games played extremely well, and LaFontaine had only one win last year as a goaltender. He's got four already, so he's making progress. We like both of them. We we both think they're outstanding or have the capabilities to beat outstanding goalies. But part of that is being consistent and doing it on an every-night basis. And until we get to that point, uh, you never know. You're right. It could be an adventure every night in the net.
0: Well, when you look at it, too, I mean, you know, obviously when, when I looked at the stats and, you know, I knew that we were obviously going to talk and and, and preview the GLI, um, both of them have you've used them equally. And, you know, I mean, that just speaks to anybody who can look at those stats and says, you right. know, Mel's got an open competition in net right now.
1: Well, we do, and that's what we're hoping. Yeah. We're hoping here in the second half that one of these guys uh, – Puts it together and they're both capable of it, but one of them needs to put it together and then take the job. And uh, that makes things a lot easier for us, too. But uh, if we got two guys who are playing great, we'll playing both. But if one guy, you know, takes charge, something like Marty Turco did or Steve Shields or, you know, a number of goalies we had, then great. And then, you know, we'll, we'll ride that guy. So uh, we still have a competition going on and, and we're still waiting for one of those guys to step up and take the job.
0: On. Uh... New Year's Day Eve, I guess evening at uh, at six o'clock, you'll be uh, dropping the puck against Bowling Green. Uh, they're eight, five, and six overall in the Western Collegiate Hockey Association. They're in a three-way tie for second place with Northern Michigan and Michigan Tech at seven, two, and five. Uh, This is a team that has uh, several players that have registered double digits in points already, but perhaps their strength is in goal with uh, Macomb native, uh, sophomore goalie Ryan Bednard, who's 4-2-4. His goals against average 1.93, save percentage of 926. Uh, ranking him ninth overall in the NCAA in in, in those categories, so uh, uh, people who think Bowling Green might be uh, an easy mark for Michigan uh, are are mistaken.
1: Well, they are, and they're a well coached team. They play hard. They play physical. Uh, they're they're built from the net out. Uh, you know, I coached at Michigan Tech last year, and we played Bowling Green in the league championship game as a one game take all. So. Uh, which went into overtime so I'm very familiar with their team and how they play and, and how good they are but there's no question about it and uh, like I said there's a lot of parody in college hockey and and they they've been one of the best teams in their league for a number of years now, and and it, it shows again this year. They're tied for second and are right there. So uh, it'll be a it'll be a tough match for us. You know, I consider us the underdog in this game, especially considering the players that uh, we don't have. But we've got to find a way to to get through Bowling Green and get in that championship game. But I think it's going to be a very entertaining game, uh, just like the one previous to us will be between Michigan Tech and Michigan State. So uh, and the beauty again, Art, is you get a you get a great price on a ticket. You, you get into two games and have the opportunity to come down and see the Little Caesars Arena as well, some great hockey for a, a great price.
0: You played for Coach McGinnis. You're playing for the McGinnis Cup. Uh, even though you've coached in the GLI when you were at Michigan Tech and as a player at Michigan Tech and then as an assistant at 23 years for Michigan, as you said, yeah, I believe this uh, it's, uh, only it's the 54th event and you've been involved in 40 of them. Uh, <laughs> but is there a moment where Mel Pearson will uh, be behind the Michigan bench? And, uh, you know, take in the atmosphere at uh, Little Caesars Arena and be somewhat reflective. Think of Coach McGinnis. Think of your life and, and just say, hey, you know, Mel Pearson's had a pretty good run here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been very fortunate. Yeah, I've been. And, and you know, you're surrounded by great people. I, I was, had great coaching in college. Uh, obviously at Michigan, we had great players when so I was an assistant, and I got a great head coach. And uh, I was fortunate. I think I've won 18 GLI championships in the 40 years, so I've got to try and get a couple more in there. But uh, it's just the people, the people. And you're right. I think when you when I walk in, the you know, uh, coming up here this week, when I walk into the building, there'll be a lot of flashbacks and a lot of memories and a lot of people you'll run into that – uh, have been great, and then help make those memories. It's it's the people are like yourself and and all the people you, that you've met and run into that uh, familiar faces that you enjoy seeing. And Hockey's got a lot of great people and, and I think that's the strength of our game, not only at the collegiate level but at the National Hockey League level. It's the people that, that make up the game and, and that that's my reward I think is just being able and being associated with so many good people and and uh, you know, from the LH family all the way down to such a great tournament uh, in Detroit. So I'm really looking forward to my my 40th this year, and uh, I hope I got a few more left in me.
0: Yeah, I'm sure you do, Mel. You know, uh, uh, I, I guess I used to say this right back at you. I feel the the exact same way. We've been friends for a long, long time. Uh, you've uh, you, you know, you've always treated me uh, well and have put up with my shenanigans. So uh, uh, I, I, I'm very appreciative of that. And uh, uh, thanks for joining us on the Red White Authority. As I've told Red for many, many years. Uh, you know, I graduated from Michigan. My heart's always with Michigan, but may the best team win. And I appreciate your time, and uh, we'll have you back on the uh, Red and White Authority very, very soon. Best of luck, Mel. Thanks for joining us.
1: Okay, i uh, very thankful to be on with you. I look forward to seeing you down there
0: gives me great pleasure now to welcome in the head coach of the Michigan State Spartans, Danton Cole, his first season behind the bench for MSU.
2: Yeah, thanks, Art. I uh, appreciate you having me on.
0: Well, yeah, I, yeah I, I've looked at it. You've had an extensive coaching career. You're an extensive player in the NHL. You're a former Spartan, uh, but you're back at your alma mater. Uh, I know that you were part of the development program, we'll get into that a little bit, but what is it like to be back at Michigan State, you wore the green and white as I said, uh, to be uh, the bench boss as they say, uh, coaching uh, the Spartans?
2: You know, it's, uh, it's been an awful lot of fun. And, uh, um, you know, you're right, coming back and uh, the, the place where, you know, I, I played college and I grew up around here. My, my dad was a professor at Michigan State. So, you know, I was on the campus, for, you know, really my whole life until, uh, you know, after my senior year <laughs> and took off. And uh, coming back has been outstanding. And just, you know, there's a lot of changes on campus. But, uh, you know, I'd say the one thing that's, that's really uh, consistent and hasn't really changed much is the, uh, the quality of people. And, and just in the athletic department and the hockey team and, you know, everyone around campus. It's, uh, it's an outstanding place to be, and it's a great challenge, and uh, doing it with great people is a lot of fun.
0: Well, you, you know, you, you were born in Pontiac, but you were raised in Lansing. As you said, your father uh, was professor at Michigan State University. Um, were you part of that generation of hockey players that was influenced by the miracle on ice, or were you already playing hockey when the USA Olympic team won the gold medal?
2: Well, 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 both, uh, I was, was definitely influenced by it. And, uh, one of my, uh, but already playing I guess you know by that time but one of my dad's uh, doctoral students was, was living out at Lake George and worked the Olympics and uh, so he and my dad and I went out and stayed with him and, and we got to go to a bunch of games and I probably I think the first three games we saw the US team play I didn't see the gold medal game I was back home by then but uh, you know kind of was out there and then and then coming back and, and seeing them win it uh, you know I think that influenced a lot of us uh, uh, that were of that age and, and you know, that really was when, you know, college guys started getting a chance in the NHL, you know, the, the guys coming off of that team. And I think, you know, it was really when, you know, you looked at it and you said, hey, if I play college hockey, uh, you know, I can I can have a chance to, to, you know, maybe play an Olympic team. That's, you know, at that point, that's what everybody wanted to do. And um, and it wasn't a barrier to entry to playing in the NHL either. So, you know, those guys turned a lot of uh, uh, things around for USA Hockey and, and opened a lot of eyes and and, uh, you know, created a lot of, you know, a lot of dreams for, for a lot of young young men and women at
0: the time. One of the things about the GLI, it's the oldest uh, college hockey tournament in the country, and why John McGinnis and uh, the powers that be back then decided to, to begin the GLI was to expand the game into the United States to get more Americans uh, I- involved. Uh, that certainly seems to be uh, the case. Obviously, Well, hockey and very much an international game now. But uh, you were at the development program as a coach, uh, and I, I'm I've got on. I, I've got to be honest with you, Dan. Right now, with the sound down. I have Russia in, uh, or the Czech Republic in Sweden playing in the uh, in the World <laughs> Junior Tournament. I want to see obviously Rasmus uh, Dahlin, the uh, consensus number one pick, the fine defenseman for Sweden. But my point is, is that you have seen the evolution of this sport uh, almost from its infancy, really, as far as it growing in the United States.
2: Yeah, it's it's been fun to see, and I, you know, I, I think while you're playing, and you know, when you know we are all in a lot of different situations and I was you know I went down to Tampa when they were an expansion team and you see how you know hockey has grown down there and then through Texas and you know with you know when I was around playing in Winnipeg I guess when Gretzky was traded to California uh, LA you know just just the um, the way the game has expanded and, and the number of great players were, were getting uh, from all over the place and then I think you know, going through and playing—I don't know if you think about it that much—but then when you know, when you're with the U.S. program and you see where guys are coming from, and and you, you know, you go out to Congress every year and you see, you know, how it, how it's growing in some of those areas. It, it's been a really fun time, and um, you know, to be around the women's team and the women's coaches as well, and and just see what you know, enormous things that they've been doing as well. So I think it's a great time for hockey. It's, uh, you know, it's still an expensive sport. There's, you need ice, which <laughs> is hard to get in some places, but, uh, it's, it's really grown, uh, in, in popularity and in numbers of, of adults and, and youth playing. And, uh, it's just, it's a great sport and I love seeing it grow this way.
0: Well, I'm sure you're pretty familiar with, uh, team USA. Uh, that's uh, the world junior team because most of them come from the development program. Uh, Are you, I don't know, pleasantly surprised or this has probably been the model when the program started in Ann Arbor so many years ago uh, that they would be a dominant hockey power? Because once again, uh, Team USA is favored to win the gold medal at this uh, World Junior Tournament.
2: Well, you know, and that's you know, yeah, we do learn a lot and in coaching there. You know, geez, basically, uh, I was I was a head coach there for a third uh, of their existence. The seven years I was there, you know, the, the original charter when when they came up with it, you know, and they, you know they wanted you know more U.S. players playing in the NHL, they wanted to. Uh, um, you know increase the uh, the visibility and be kind of a front porch for usa hockey but you know bottom line uh in, in our sport is winning and, and they wanted to win you know more international tournaments and and you know when when going into them they wanted to uh you know be thought of a team that could win a, a gold medal in any of the tournaments and that was you know if you look at the number of of tournaments from u18 u20s uh, you know olympics and men's worlds that uh, the usa was in and, and when they were were winning and bringing home any hardware you know it was few and far in between you know it was a miracle when uh when we won one so you know that's really turned around and, and you're right you go into any tournament now and you know i'd say we're we're in the in the top three in the favorites and if, if you get a, if we get a bounce or two we've got a great chance of winning gold so um it's it's a great place to be in and you know what what they tried to accomplish with that. I think uh, they've been able to do, and I think maybe the one thing that that's underrated is that even if. You know, all the guys aren't from from the program. We, we have, you know, most times out of the 20, 23 guys, you know, have 15 to 18 guys and uh, uh, that have been through there, those guys have been through six international tournaments, and they know how to work through a tournament. They know the strengths and weaknesses of the other countries. They know that uh, there's going to be ebbs and flows, but they'll get through it. And I think, I think that spreads uh, throughout the locker room, and they can lend that experience and, and that maturity to, to the other guys. And, and I think it helps out a, a, an awful lot.
0: I promise to our audience we'll get to the GLI and we'll preview the Spartans and uh, uh, the Michigan Tech game, which is uh, up first, uh, 2.30 face-off on New Year's Day at Little Caesars Arena. But I'm fascinated by this topic, uh, and and I have to ask you, when the program first started, the development program in Ann Arbor, Jeff Jackson said that the goal was was to someday have the the, the U.S. Olympic team all be graduates of that program, but to create an American style and brand of hockey and I remember watching Hockey Night in Canada when Canada was struggling a little bit at the junior level, and they were saying that because of the CHL with the Western League, the Quebec League, and the Ontario League, there's all different kinds of hockey being played. That Canada, if they wanted to have a successful junior national team, that they would have to somehow all play a certain style. Now, I don't know if you agree to that, but uh, my question is: is, do you believe that there is an American brand of hockey that, when people look at the USA from all over the world and think of a, a, a brand or style of hockey, is there one, and what is that?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I think there is, and I think I think it's you know somewhat reflective on on, on, the, on the culture of uh, of the United States in terms of you know what we're um, you know. We're still basically, uh, you know, blue-collar, hard-working uh, country, and, and I think that's reflected in, in the way they play the game, and um, you know, never, never back down, and, and never quit. And I think that's that's something that that's carried over. I think the one big thing that has changed though is that uh, you know, in the past, you know, we used to always, you know, when I was playing, we'd always laugh. We go, well, we're not going to win the warm-up. We're not going <laughs> to look better or, or, or pass the puck or shoot the puck nicer than the other team. I think that that the talent level that that we have with with the U.S. teams now is, is really driven up to the point where, you know what, sometimes we do have some of the best players and, and we still might not be as deep as, uh, you know, maybe Canada. But I think we mad, we're we starting to match up better and better. And when you see guys like Patrick Kane and Austin Matthews and Jack Eichel and, and Seth Jones, all of a sudden you're, you know, you're looking at, you know, the, the elite of the elite. And if, if you mix that, you know, there's all the quotes from coaching, you know, where, you know, if, uh you know, uh, hard work will be talent if talent doesn't work hard. Well, the 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 under part of that is that if, if talent works really hard, it's really hard to beat, and and, and we're getting to that point, and and uh, I think that's that's a good thing to mix in, and but I don't think we want to lose that that hard work and that American determinism, and, and I think those are those are things when you when you put them all together, you've got a pretty good hockey team.
0: Well, I, I think it couldn't work out. I, I was at the uh, uh, the. Um, Summer Showcase, uh, we had four of the world teams there, Finland, Sweden, the United States, and Canada, and, and the talent is amazing. And, you know, certainly uh, when you walk around that arena and you see so many former NHLers have sons that are quality hockey players, and uh, uh, and if you look over, hockey is there's hotbeds in obviously Detroit, Chicago. You can go to St. Louis, out in California. You have a California player on your team. I mean, it's just amazing the the evolution of the sport, and obviously you're one of the uh, architects of that because of your association with the development program.
2: Yeah, you know, it's I guess uh, nice to to. Uh, I don't want to say architect. probably uh, giving me a little, <laughs> a little too much influence <laughs> or credit. But uh, to, to be around it and, and to be part of the ride has been, been an awful lot of fun. And uh, I think we maxed out on one of our teams. I think we had uh, young men out of our 22. I think we had 13 different states with. I don't know if it was the 94s or 96s. But um, you know, that's that's an awful big variance. Where you know, again, if you go back 20 years, it probably would have been. You know, they used to talk about the three M's. Right. You know, Michigan, Minnesota, Massachusetts, and you probably would have had. 21 out of the 22 out of those those three uh, three states so you know it's grown uh, the the talent base is is deeper and wider and and again it was was, it's just fun to be a part of it and, and and see the u.s doing so well in all these tournaments right you know
0: you're reading my mind i was about to bring up it's no longer the three m's anymore in the united states right. it's uh, it's it, it's certainly uh from sea to shining sea if i can get corny here for a minute uh, uh let's uh let's move to the gli i mean you played there the spartans were successful as a player what are your memories of this tournament
2: it was always, uh, you know, uh, we, we were always looking at the NCAA tournament, you know, with Mason, where we were at as a program, um, uh, you know, and we ended up going to three final four. So that was always a big part of our season. But the other one that, that our guys always looked forward to is, was, was going down to the GLI. And, um, you know, we just, you know, you're coming off a Christmas break, you come back and all the guys are fired up and, you know, recharged and, uh, looking forward to uh, to playing some some good college hockey and the crowds down there and i saw some footage from some of the mid-80s you know where we're you know i think the sellout was twenty thousand. i think we had twenty one thousand in there a couple of times and so it was it was a focal point of our season um it, it was uh it was a fun thing and it put you in a in that tournament environment you know you play the weekend series and you go through that you play bad on Friday and you want to come back and play well on Saturday night. But, you know, there, if, you know, if you don't play well the first night, you're not getting in the championship game. So I think in the middle of the year, it's a great thing. Showcases a lot of good college hockey programs and, uh, you know, gives everybody a chance to, you know, to, to get a lift going into the second, second part of the season if, if you can do well.
0: Well as a player, as I said, the Spartans did well when you when you were there. What talk about the environment in playing in an NHL building uh, regardless if a young man after his college days are over makes it to the NHL or AHL level or any professional level, uh, just to be able to say that they played in an NHL level must be just an incredible experience
2: oh uh, it, it is, and you know back especially back then you're, you're growing up, and those are uh, um you know, kind of sacred venues and you're watching, you know, as, as a young man you're watching and hopefully our guys are the same way, watching games on TV and, you know, guys that you, you want to be like and you hope to play there someday. And So, you know, I get that get a chance to go down there uh, and play. And, and then this year will be even, you know, even a bigger uh, thrill, I think, for the guys and, you know, getting to Little Caesars Arena and seeing what that's all about. Uh, uh, and hopefully the environment is, is similar to what, what we had when we were playing there. So, uh, you know, I think it's just it, it's a great time of year and to be the, be the first game with us in Tech playing that first college game in Little Caesars Arena, um, I think the guys will be really excited and uh, energy shouldn't be a problem.
0: When you, uh, when, you, when you I know you've been down there. I know you and Mel were there actually together. It's, it's odd, but it does seem that at least in hockey, Spartans and Wolverines can uh, stand each other's company. Um, uh, but uh, what were your impressions of Little Caesars uh, as a venue and as an arena uh, for hockey?
2: Well, I—I I, I tell you what—I think the Illich family, what what they're able to do, I don't know. Um, what they forgot I'm sure there's something but I I sure couldn't see it I mean it just seems like everything was so you know well planned out I've I've been all over the arena on on the tour and then watching the game we're in several spots there's no you know there's no bad seats uh there's you know the television food and you know ease of entry and getting around and I I tell you what it's just it's just a great hockey arena and you can tell that you know when they built it that's what they had in mind they wanted something where where the sight lines and and everything worked well for the fans, and uh, you know, just just a great great celebration of hockey. So I, I love the rink, and uh, uh, like I said, they they may have forgot something, but it's, it's lost on me. And give them a lot of credit for, for everything they've done in Detroit, and, and this, uh, this is a uh, fantastic venue.
0: When, you, uh, when, when you're in the room on, uh, um, on Monday, I guess it is, January 1st, just before the Spartans take the ice against Michigan Tech in the first, as you just said, the first college hockey game ever at a Little Caesars Arena. Uh, because they're playing in Little Caesars Arena, because it's an NHL venue, will they be a little bit amped up? Will you have to try to reel them in? Or, Dan, you, you know, hey, the more psyched up you are and ready to play, the better it is for us.
2: Yeah, no, I I hope they're I hope they're amped up. It's it's always uh, it's always easier to calm them down a little bit than than trying to get them going. And uh, uh, you know, as, as coaches, you're around it that that excitement, that energy. That's uh, you know, that's always the bar you got to get over. And if you don't bring that, if you you know, as a coach, have to coach uh, energy or excitement, it's uh, uh, it's a tough battle. So no, I'm I'm hoping They're really fired up. I, I hope they're excited to get out in front of the fans and um, you know, play at play a little Caesar's Arena and. Uh, things started the
0: right way. Well, you know, you played for Ron Mason. I knew Ron very well. Uh, such a great guy. I, I remember when uh, he was inducted into the, the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame, or he was inducting somebody. I I went because my good friend, my buddy Kevin Allen, was being inducted. It was in Detroit, and uh, I spent some time with uh, with uh, with Ron there. And I've known him as I said. I've covered college hockey for many many years with the old CCHA. Um, just a wonderful person. Uh, you know, certainly going too soon passed suddenly. Uh but your reflections on playing for one of the greatest college hockey coaches, one of the greatest college hockey coaches of all time.
2: No, I was, you know, it, you know, you're eighteen to twenty two, you know, in that range and you know, really you know, that's an important time for a young man and and to be or be able to be around someone, you know, like Coach Mason and you know, just how he prepared us. Um I, I think looking back the best uh you know the, the the tribute that that we always pay him when when we get together, and the guys always talk, and you know, invariably we talk about Mace. You know, it was just how prepared and, and how professional we were um, going into pro camps, and when we left. You know, Michigan State. I think we, you know whether we were great hockey players or good or you know just average. Um, when, whatever level we moved on to next, like we, we were ready to play and prepared. And I think all of us felt that when we got to camps that you know guys that were similar ages to us or similar experience, we just felt like you know we were we were way more prepared to play the pro hockey game, uh, both mentally and, and physically. And that's that was a credit to to, to Coach Mason. And uh, you know he was. Uh, um you know he's just one of those guys that's uh you know the, the classic coach and and uh you, you know you put him up there with the greats he you know he was good at the the mental part of it and he was good at uh getting you physically to play he was he was good at giving you a, a pat when you needed it and uh and giving you a kick when you needed it as well and he was just when you look at guys you know like scotty bowman and and guys like that and belichick and guys that just continually win and continue to get the best out of their players and, and, and push the right buttons. You know, he was, he was just a master at it. And, uh, you know, you, you, you've, you felt uh, when you were around him that you had a chance to win every game you played, and you know as a coach, that's something that that I want my guys to feel, whether we're favored or, you know, or we're not favored by by a bunch. We feel that that uh, you know as a staff, we give them a chance to win every hockey game, and um, you know you learned a lot from him, and uh, I wish I wish he was around to see some of this. You know, yeah, we okay. uh, I miss I miss
1: him as well.
0: Yeah, I think we all do. I I have a quick Ron Mason story. I I was covering the CCHA for Comcast, and I was the Ringside reporter, and in between periods, I would have to talk to the head coaches. And with Ron and Red Berenson, it was a crapshoot whether or not they would talk to you. And so the game happened to be at Mon, and I don't know it's in between the first or second or second or third period, and I have to talk to Coach Mason. So I go into the Spartan room, and if you're familiar with Mon, and I know you are, it uh, or at least back then, um, it's not big quarters, but it's kind of intimate. And there's a, this hallway that leads to the head coach's office, and I walk in i said i'm supposed to talk to coach mason and one of the assistants or even one of the players might have said hey you know he's in his office so i walk in his office Stanton, and he's behind his desk and i can tell because i've covered a lot of you know coaches and you know i gotta you know when you do this you get a feel for you know human nature shall we say and i knew he was livid he was just <laughs> livid and i said to him i said coach mason i i can I ask you a couple couple questions about what you know what uh, what the Spartans need to do uh, in in the next period to turn this around a little bit? And you know I'm as nervous as can be, you know. And uh, and he looks at me and I know he didn't want to talk to me. Number one, but he said, "Have have you watched the game? You've seen it. What would you tell him?" Because I'm certainly not getting through to him. And he started to laugh a little bit, and you know, and we both kind of laughed. He, you know, I asked him a couple questions, he answered it, but the one and I've covered. Some really, from Coach Mason to to uh, to to Red uh, to uh, so certainly Scotty Bowman, Bo uh, you know, occasionally Tom Izzo. I mean, some really, really heavy hitters. Chuck Daly. I can go on and on. I'm not. I don't mean to name drop with you, Danton, but the one thing that I have noticed in each and every one of them is it, it almost a competitiveness and an intensity that is hard to describe.
2: No, I, th- I think that's fair, and uh, you know, and if you talk to uh, you know, if you talk to Cindy uh, Mason and, and ask her about it, and, you know, I'm sure you'd find that, you know, up at the cottage or at the house that he was just that that competitive. And I think, you know, to be really good at, at at coaching and all the things that you have to cover and in all the angles you have to try and 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 work and play that you know if you if you're not competitive I don't think you're going to last very long and I think you know as a player you probably stand a better chance you know you can kind of you know you're one of six uh defensemen or one of 12 forwards and you know if you got enough talent you can kind of hang around a little bit but um you know, the really great ones are competitive, both as players and coaches, and and uh, and, and May certainly, <laughs> he was all that. We, you know, as players, we knew we hated to lose, and, uh, you know, we had the, uh, the unique ability, though, to make you uh, hate losing as much as he did. And that's, you know, if you can get a team uh, operating with, with that mindset, uh, you, you can be pretty dangerous, and, and we were.
0: First year behind the bench for Michigan State, uh, Spartans overall are 8-9-1 in the Big Ten uh, because you do have shootouts in the Big Ten. The rest of, I guess, college hockey doesn't, or the NCAA doesn't recognize it, but your record in the Big Ten right now, 2-7-1-1. One, one. However, you've been virtually in every game. Uh, uh and you know, eight wins is is pretty impressive for the, the Michigan State uh, uh, Spartans at this point in the season. Uh, can you uh, talk about uh, what it's been like uh, your first season behind the bench, uh, coaching uh, a, a team that is young and looks like it's uh, very much up and coming?
2: Yeah, it's you know what it's it's, it's been uh, it's been pleasurable, and I hate saying you know because I, I tell you what, I'm, there's not many seasons I've had where I'd be eight, nine, and one at, at the halfway mark, and and say that uh, I've been actually pretty impressed by how our guys have done. But um, you know, we were really, really young. You know, eight, uh, eight, 19 freshmen and sophomores. So, you know, most, most of our team, almost all of them, are underclassmen. And uh, we lost eight seniors from last year's team. And then, you know, Mason Appleton signed, uh, uh, left late July, early August. Uh, our leading scorer returning. So, you know, coming off of, of seven wins, it, you know, it, it could, it looked a little. Uh, maybe ominous and, and we weren't really sure because we we're around you know half the team we didn't have the freshmen in the spring so you know really getting together in the in the fall was when we got everything kind of going and and I've just been impressed with how hard our guys have worked uh, you know what they've been able to learn and um, we give them a lot of credit and like I said we've had a lot of games where you know we came out on the wrong side of it but um, I think we've been in them Hopefully we can get over the hump and, and, and get some of those that we came up a little bit short and you know, try and uh, try and hang in there as long as we can this year. But the mindset of uh, the guys has been outstanding and, and where we want the culture to get to, hopefully we're moving in the right direction. But um, I give the, the 25 guys in the room all the credit in the world they want. Michigan State to get back to where uh, it was at one point, and, and you know we're not going to do that overnight. But uh, these these young men that are in the room right now, they're they're going to be a part of uh, where we end up, and um, you know they'll be remembered as uh, getting this turned around.
0: Well, when you look at it offensively, you're led by a couple of youngsters, as you said. 19 uh, players are either freshmen or sophomore, but Clarkson's own uh, forward uh, Mitchell uh, Lewandowski. Uh, and uh, I'm sure I'm going to butcher this young man's name, so please forgive me, but Taro, is it Heroes? Hiroshi. Hiroshi, yep. okay. Yep. Uh, th- well, thank you. The, they both have 21 points in, in 18 games. Uh, Lewandowski leads the Spartans with uh, 10 goals. Uh, Hiroshi has six among his 21 points. Uh, can you talk about each of those players, uh, uh, Danton, uh, especially Mitchell, a local kid who uh, uh, just seems to, uh, to be gifted and gets it.
2: Yeah, he's he's been outstanding and uh I think we knew and I and I I've known you know uh Louis for for a few years. He's he was in one of my birth years so you know, followed that group a bit and then seeing him in the in the ushl and you know he was with chicago last year and they won the uh the 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 championship there and he was a big part of it so no coming in we knew you know we knew the parts that he had that certainly didn't think he'd be at this uh this level of scoring this quickly but uh he had a great summer um really committed himself in the weight room and i think that's helped him i think nutritionally he he took uh some good steps and just put himself in a good uh, situation so when we were putting together lines, and we had Kodorenko and and, and Taro playing together, and we we said, let's uh, you know he's a left hander, let's try Louie on, on the right side with that line. And tell you what, we haven't we haven't changed it in one practice or one game since. So, you know, they just they they click real well. They all think the game well. They all pass. They they all move very well without the puck, and they find uh, they find that uh, that space between the defenders, and they get there ahead of time and, and make the passes easy. So, you know, they're a heck of a line. They um, they get a lot of attention um, they're they're putting up pretty good numbers as you know two sophomores and, and a freshman uh, playing against every team's uh, best line and, and and best defensive pair so you know other teams are trying to shut them down um, it's not a big secret that that they drive our team offensively so um, that makes it even all the more impressive they, they've just they've done a great job
0: Patrick Kotorenko as you said he is uh, third in scoring uh, the with 15 points, uh, he has six goals, nine assists. Uh, uh, you know, California native, or at least born in California, is he one of these stories where we, if you want to look at the growth of the sport, look no further than uh, than Kotarenko, who uh, is from California.
2: Right, right, yeah, from you know out in the Bay Area, and and played out there, and then you know two years before coming to the program, uh, he came out and, and and played in the Detroit area, so. Uh, you know, kind of made the move out here to, to bump it up. And the nice, I guess the nice part about it is he's got a younger brother now that's 12. And, um, you know, hopefully he can stay out there and play. I think the leagues have, uh, you know, grown and, and gotten better. and um, you know, that's one of the benefits Because I, I, am one of the guys that hates seeing kids have to leave too early. You know, you're going to have to leave home at some point, but um, certainly when they're 12 and 13 leaving to play hockey, that's, that's a tough thing. But um, yeah, it's, uh, Patrick's a good story. He's, you uh, know, um, Played for me with the U.S. team, did a great job for us there uh, with the 98 group. He's, he's a really strong uh, young man. He's got terrific hands and a good, real good feel for the game. And I think everything's kind of coming together for him. And he's, he's learning how fast he has to play and how strong he has to play. And um, He's creating a lot of space for him. So he, he does a great job with that line. He's, he's big enough and strong enough that, you know, he won't get overwhelmed when he gets matched against the other team's uh, bigger guys so he does a good job with that and i think uh he got passed through in the draft last year but i'm pretty uh pretty confident that he'll get drafted this year
0: when uh i've always joked around Dan and i mean i graduated from michigan i have to be upfront about that uh, but i have more Spartan friends, and uh, maybe that I care to admit. No, but when I joke around with them about hockey, we, I've always said, and this is no knock against Michigan or Michigan State, if you could take Michigan State's goaltending and Michigan skaters and put them together, they would win the national championship every year. And, you know, we kind of get a good laugh about that. But uh, MSU has had some great goaltenders over the years, and it appears right now uh, Northville sophomore uh, John, is it Lethemon?
2: yeah john lathamon yes yeah
0: he's eight seven and one his goals against is 2.28 save percentage is is 918 i mean this young man has uh has been very very good rock solid in net for him
2: yeah he's been outstanding and um you know he and ed uh last year you know split the duty and ed probably got the majority of it um and, and, you know, it's tough. You come in as a freshman and on a team that's struggling a bit, and, uh, you know, your numbers aren't great. But, you know, he's bounced back. I think he had a really good summer, a uh, great fall. I think uh, mentally he's done a good job. He's, he's very calm back there. So um, but we've been real impressed with him. And, you know, he's 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 like the rest of us. He's had his off nights, but he's always bounced back the next day. And I think our guys have confidence in him. And. And that's a heck of a thing because, uh, you know, goalie's a pretty influential position, and if he can give that confidence and spread that to the team, everybody plays a little bit better. And, and you know, on the opposite side, if you think every shot's going to go in, you tighten up and you feel like you can't make a mistake. So John's given us an awful lot of, uh, uh, you know, a little bit of swagger, and especially with the young guys, it allows them to play and, uh, you know, not be quite as tight.
0: When you look at uh, your opponent, Michigan Tech, uh uh, they also have a first year coach cause Mel took the Michigan job and Joe uh, Schwannen and, uh, they're nine, seven and five overall in the WCHA. They're seven, six and five. Uh, they score a lot of goals. They have a lot of guys that are in double digits and points, uh, Uh, Eight eight Huskies have 11 or more points. Uh, If you look at this tournament, uh, Danton, every team seems to be right around 500, a little bit over. And it it really seems to be uh, parity supreme. And that Michigan Tech and Michigan State, that game... uh, first game ever at the Little Caesars Arena, as we've said a few times now, 2.30 uh, face-off, uh, that should be quite a contest.
2: Yeah, it will be, and, uh, you know, we've played, Tech's the only team we haven't played, we, we split with Michigan and we split with Bowling Green, so right along the lines of what you're talking about, there's, there's uh, you know, and that's all across college hockey, I mean, it's, uh, if you don't play well or one area of your game is off, you're you're going to lose, uh, regardless of who you're playing, so I, you know, I, I've i seen a little bit of Tech and, and watched some of their games, they, they Get up and down the ice, and uh, um, you know they had a very good team last year, and, and a lot of those guys are back uh, this year. And Joe has them playing, playing real well. And you know it'll be up to us to you know try and keep them out of our end, and hopefully stay down in their end a little bit more. And but it should be should be a great game. And like I said, I think the matchups real good, and uh, um, our team as young as we are, we always we tend to be entertaining whether we're on the right side of it or the wrong side of it. So uh, hopefully we'll we'll have some energy and play well.
0: Are, are you curious to see how they? come back? I mean, obviously this is your first year, as we've said, but you've, you're a long time coach, but they've had a little bit of a Christmas break here. Was it good to uh, for each of you, for, for players and coaches, maybe to get away from each other for a couple of days and then regroup and uh, gear up for the second half?
2: Yeah, it's a nice break. I think, I think mentally more than anything you're right it's it's you know for the players and the coaches both to get away from each other from the coaches to get away from other coaches is good and, <laughs> and uh even the guys on the team just to get out of the room and um everybody got back last night we skated this morning uh the guys were uh, there was a lot of jump they lots of energy and the thing i like hearing is when uh, when guys tell me that uh you know, they were ready to come back there. You know, most of them said, hey, after two or three days, you know, at home, I was a little bored and I wanted to come back. And that's, you know, there there are times where, you know, you can tell the guys uh, aren't having a lot of fun and, and don't want to be there and, and don't get <laughs> recharged. But um, they they had a lot of jump and, and uh, I, I think they like being around the rink and that's uh, that's always a good sign. And, uh, you know, again, they, they've done a great job. You know physically and 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 emotionally uh, being a good team this year and I think they'll be ready
0: yeah I, I know that you have uh, coaching experience at college head coach at Alabama Huntsville and uh, uh, with with Bowling Green as an assistant uh, but you're back at Michigan State uh, you're recruiting now uh, maybe your experience with the development program helped you because you only have those kids for a very limited time um, is it you um, how do you like recruiting, I guess, not that you haven't done it before, and you know full well that some of the young men that you're going to go after and, and actually get to become Michigan State Spartans are probably not going to stay the, f- the full four years. Is that just something you have to accept and uh, just uh, move forward?
2: No, you do, and, and that, that's where we're at. I think you have to look at you know, the, especially the higher-end guys and, and the way the CBA is and the way the NHL is, is structured right now. you got to look at, you know, those guys are going to be one, two, you know, three if you're lucky. Um, you know, they get to that third year and not very many of them are going to you know, either be there or stick around past that. And that's that's just the, the realities of it. So I think you have to, you know, have to balance your recruiting and I think you need to. To have some four-year guys, uh, that that's always helpful, and have some continuity in the program. Um, but I, I still think if, and I'll, I'll give you three guys. If you can have a, a Craig Simpson every couple of years, or Joe Murphy every couple of years, or a Rob Brendamore pop in the lineup, um, that's that's a pretty pretty big boost in the arm, and and uh, I think it brings your talent level up. Your hockey IQ up, so I think you need a mix of those guys. Um, you know, I think we've seen several teams where you get caught on the wrong side of it when you have too many young guys, and then they all leave at once, and then then it's two years recovering from it. So uh, again, like most things in life, a good balance, and uh, you know, just just have uh, good kids. And, and if it's time's right and they're going to leave, then then you shake their hands and uh, and you move on.
0: You know, being Michigan-born and raised, playing for Michigan State, uh, obviously the GLI oldest hockey tournament in Detroit. Detroit uh, uh, what does it mean to you I mean are I, you I, I just uh, is it extra special I don't mean to go like all Oprah Dr. Phil on you here Danton but you know, uh, uh, you know you're from here you've seen the growth and evolution of this sport uh, Detroit is certainly one of the hockey hotbeds a lot of professional players come from our area uh, what does this all mean to you
2: well, it's you know uh, everything we've kind of gone through this year, uh, and and we will go through for the next uh, few years is is has just been you know it it it's a special uh, kind of thing, and the mission we're on, like I said several times, is to is to get our program back to where uh, uh, we we think it should be, and and how we remember it. So there's an awful lot of work to be done, and you can look back at, at certain times and you know we had Ron Scott in uh talking to our guys earlier this year and you know he talked about the first uh a CCHA championship that that we had won i think it was in an 83 and they won in overtime over Bowling Green and you know he had just stopped Brian Hills on a on a penalty shot and they won it you know a couple minutes later and you know there, there are certain moments in in programs and uh, you know we're we're hoping that uh you know the great lakes is is one of those moments that um you know where you get over that hump or you have that win that you can look back on uh um sometimes when things aren't going quite as well so you know there there's a lot of things that you hit during the season and uh you know this is one that's been circled and certainly hope I, our guys rise to the occasion and uh, um you know if, if you can look back on it and maybe 30 years from now um you know, one of these guys comes back and talks to Michigan State hockey team in the locker room and says, hey, this is, you know what, we we did this and came back this year and you know, won the GLI, and that, that really kind of got things started, uh, you know, for hopefully another 30-year uh, reign of terror like uh, Coach Mason had. And, uh, um, but they all have to start somewhere, and, uh, you know, what the hell, let's uh, let us start it at, at the GLI this year.
0: All right, Dan Cole, head hockey coach at Michigan State University, thanks for joining us on the Red and White Authority. Really appreciate it. Best of luck to you and the Spartans, and I look forward to uh, talking to you again very soon. Thanks, Danton.
2: All right, thanks, Hud.